My name is Jack Oatway. And I'm Jay Oatway. And we come back to you another week, another episode. Today, like, like Dragon Like Sun. Like Dragon Like Sun. In case when you clicked on the link, you thought you were clicking on something else. Who knows? Maybe this is where like, you ended up. Maybe it's in like gibberish. Yeah, you randomly clicked on something this. and here yeah. you are. Well, welcome. Welcome. Random encounter. You, uh, you rolled the natural 20 and you got us. You got us. Isn't that like the most dangerous? In mine, when I build my own tables, 20s are the worst, yeah. yeah. Players are always excited, yeah, I rolled 20. You've encountered Strahd von Zarovich. Yeah, I mean, look at Xanathar's guy. They've got crazy tables like that. They've got all sorts of encounters. I think there's a D100 maybe, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. But, like, I think 1 and 20 are both the worst. Yeah. But this is not a bad thing. That made it sound like this is a bad thing. This is not a bad thing. This is a wonderful podcast no we're just like the highest cr rating you could possibly hope to get in your podcast cr cookie um so today we are gonna go through a character build steal this character steal this character we haven't done one of these you're sitting out there thinking to yourself i'm gonna need a new character for a campaign that's coming up play a barbarian but i don't want to play barbarian or say you're thinking to yourself i want to play a healer but not a cleric or druid or bard or a right and so then the natural next idea you should pop your head is oh next best healer in the game the barbarian exactly yeah with a couple feats you can transform your barbarian into a bloodthirsty rage she's she's none of those things to a uh yeah well you a uh mild-mannered uh etiquette driven um traveling doctor she actually is, is the character is called the doctor in the campaign um, very doctor who is a very uh, she's a little got that yeah take charge sort of vibe of of uh the doctor from doctor who but not time traveling in any yeah, sort of no. particular way no. um and she started off as a level one character uh and, and the way we started way off with her being a healer is by variant human yes which you know is fairly boring nowadays in terms of cool character builds but it means you get a feat at first level That's which right. is why it's so we amazing. took i took but the healer feat you took the healer feat and this is this goes back to why we hate the chef the new chef feat mm. from all the new stuff there and we're going to explain to you how the mechanics of healing with healers kits work in fifth edition and how the healer feat lets you do stuff to heal your friends yeah so uh the uh, the campaign setting I was in already the DM had said look clerics aren't really a big deal here they're they're hard to find there's not many of them it's a place where the gods have sort of forgotten the people or the people have forgotten the gods or something so we're like okay cool um, somebody did make a druid and I didn't know that at the time that she was going to do that but um, so I was made I said okay I'm going to take the healer feet and the healer feet is is quite is quite good. Um, if you can get your hands on healing kits. So that's the only sort of drawback. Now, they're not crazy expensive, um, and did, they're widely it, yeah. available usually. And that's a part of a thing that I would change about this feat, is it like letting you create 
healer's kits. Sure. Uh, I, again, that there's something that between you and your DM, if you know, I've also got a herb. She's also got proficiency with herbalism kit. Um, she has got pretty good nature and survival and medicine skills, all of which could be used to create more healing kits if she had the time and the uh, ability to look for ingredients. Mm. Well, essentially, the healer feat uh, makes you into an able physician, allowing you to mend wounds quickly and get your allies back into the fight with two benefits. Yeah. Um, the first is when you use the healer's yeah. kit to stabilize a dying creature, that creature doesn't just go to zero, but goes to one hit point, mm. which means they're no longer unconscious. I think it's also into, it's also important to touch on what a healer kit does before we get this feat. Yeah, well, there's there's 10 uses to it. It typically costs uh, 10 GP, so that's like one GP per use. So if your character, if you're, you know, if your players are really poor, uh, then if your character's really poor, they, uh, they may struggle to to get this sort of thing but um typically you know it's pretty good value we've in our campaign have been managed to get enough of them that not only does the doctor carry a, a good size stash of of supply with it but she's also managed to give um one use uh to each of the other members of the team which is great because then they they can use that to stabilize uh any one of us without having to succeed on a medicine check which is great yeah so we did we even role played that a little bit where she taught everybody basic first aid and uh and that's great so now so now when somebody goes down one of us can usually get there pretty quick the same round and stabilize them so they no longer have to make death saves mm. uh and then yeah get get the uh the person who's down out of there so that they no longer have to get hit by whatever took them down. So typically, normally it has 10 uses and you can spend a single use to put someone, make someone stable. But with this feat, whenever you stabilize someone, like uh, my, like Jay said, it goes back to one hit point. So now they're back in the fight already with a single use. Yeah. Not only are they stable, but they're awake yeah, and, and ready that, to fight or get the hell out of there, really. I mean, that's what they're going to do if they're down that much. It really, at that point, is trying to get whoever's been taken down away from whatever is causing them that sort of damage. And yeah, by getting them back to one hit point, it gives them a lot of other options. It gives actually your healer another option the following turn as an action. Uh, as a healer, you can use spend one use of your healer's kit to restore 1d6 plus four hit points, plus additional hit points equal to the creature's maximum number of hit dice, which is quite a bit. Uh, when you think about it, this is better than most healing potions yeah. give you. Um, so at now at fourth level, you know, on average, I'm handing out, you know, somewhere between 10 and 12 uh, hit points uh, every time I use a healing kit. An important thing to note, though, is that a creature can only regain hit points from this feat once we're short or long rest. Yeah. And I have to keep track of that. Exactly. And so but we take enough short someone, rests that it's you can't heal them again until they finish your short rest. But yeah. this could be that extra little edge before you take the short rest. Yeah. Like, like it, oh, you don't have to take that hit die and expend that and we could save that for later. Or we well, could exactly like it, it's generally enough boost. to get them get them through whatever danger we're in. Mm. 
or yeah in the middle of a fight they're at one hit point you've just restored them yeah back to one and then you use your next turn to give them a couple extra hit points so yeah so the the doctor <clears throat> you gotta imagine her she's um fair skinned but like long dark hair she wears a um a fairly formal sort of um sort of blue dark dark blue dress sort of a purple corset um but you know sort of dark leggings sort of underneath it she's really ready for action at any time but she's um she's quite elegant and she does carry a shield and a rapier and she's also got a short bow uh on her so she's a dex fighter which again for barbarians is a pretty kind of crazy i think in general everything we've said up to this point points to the direction of maybe a rogue yeah she kind of looks a bit like that maybe perhaps although or a fighter yeah she's but um, this is not a fighter she's well she does quite well in a fight um here's the crazy thing though right so for barbarians their unarmored armor class is a combination of their dex and constitution well typically your armor class is your dexterity based and i like that they didn't use strength or constitution and instead made it dex and constitution because it's not their main thing sure. the monk is crazy with their dex wisdom which is everything is based around dex wisdom for them but you've got to split it a little bit your unarmored defense may not be as good but you have very good hit points so instead. she uh she started off with strength uh, eight dexterity 16 constitution 16 mm. intelligence 9 wisdom 12 and charisma 12 and she has boosted since then at her for her fourth level asi she put two points in her dexterity which is now gives her a plus four bonus mm, and puts the, her ac the, to con- 19 yeah, with the shield right? with the shield on yeah and the constitution with plus three that's pretty good so without the shield even it's 17 it's and not she's bad. not wearing any armor at all uh so there's the barbarian feats coming through uh in a, in a way that she doesn't have to rage she doesn't have to be this big or scary thing in fact when she goes into rage mode we've agreed with the dm and everybody at the table recognizes this now when she goes to rage she says that she's putting her hair up and everybody knows that when she puts her hair up she means business um and she doesn't really become ragey but more very like kind of stern and commanding and uh doesn't take sort of doesn't isn't very at that point um ready for discussion she's very assertive on everything that she does Mm. and um it's it's a shame though because there's a lot of stuff from range that play uh, rage that plays into your strength. Yeah, like, but uh, she doesn't get the benefit of that. Yeah, strength weapons you don't gain the benefit of. No, there's no bonus to the damage that there's. A, like, it's only plus two damage that she misses out on, really, mm-hmm. and she makes up for that by taking um, sort of the path of the ancestral guardians. Mm. And. Well, the ancestral guardians and ancestral protectors work is that while raging, the first creature you hit with an attack on your turn has disadvantage on any attack that isn't against you, right? And also, when that whichever creature you've you've hit with that, targeted with that, um, hits any other creature besides you, that creature has resistance to the damage dealt by the attack. Mm-hmm. This so, is very similar to the mark of the cavalier, but yeah. a little bit better. So this, so in many ways, you're passing on your your barbarian traits to everybody else 
besides yourself, like that ability to take partial, uh, to sort of cut the damage down, resist the damage. So what she does is she, she sits back with her, her short bow and shoots, if she goes into rage mode, shoots at the, the various, you know, frontline uh, creatures that w w have our like paladin. There's another barbarian in the group who's much more melee. And uh, those guys will get up close usually uh, to see whatever the big baddie is. And then she can shoot the big baddie. And those guys are suddenly having a much easier time not getting hit, or if they do get hit, uh, taking much less damage. Mm. And, and that's fantastic for, um, for our frontline troops. But even, uh, you know, she even still managed to pull off a bit of damage that way. It's not huge. The bow, the short bow is not great. But, um, but again, that's more of a stylistic thing. Went with the short bow because she needed a little like hunting bow sort of thing. She's quite a survivalist. Her sort of stories, her backstory is a bit that of a, uh, coming sort of from a group of, um, sort of doctors without borders called the attendants of Erinoria. Erinoria is the continent we live on. And, uh, and yeah, she, she, you know, visits far flung, flung places and often has access. So she has the doctor background. So she's often welcomed into places where normal humans wouldn't be welcomed into. And that sort of helped double I think down. it's a custom background? Um, I think the doctor one's standard, is it? It oh. says doctor without borders, which... Oh, that one's... Uh, yeah, maybe I've customized that one a bit. But I think there is a doctor one that, that she took the... Uh, the main body of that feature from. Right. Um, so yeah, the, it's customized because the, the, in her backstory, she's had to, you know, be stealthy and break into various medical supply places over the years. And because of that, she's managed to, with the DM's permission, pick up thieves tools. And she's the only one, we don't have a rogue in the party. So she's the only one with thieves tools. And so when she goes to pick locks, she takes a bobby pin out of her hair and jimmies the locks and mm. gets them open usually. Um, so just fun little character things like that to play with her that um, that's quite good. She's She can still tank if she needs to. Often when our paladin and other barbarian uh, sort of get worn down, uh, our other two players are a sorcerer and a monk. But the monk is a Kensai monk who also is much more of a sit back and shoot things with her longbow where she's quite deadly. Um, so yeah, when, when our normal front two guys start to get worn down, uh, the doctor will often sort of change roles, uh, or if she needs to, to guard the, protect the, the sorcerer, she'll often buddy up beside him with her shield and rapier out. And then if, you know, she can provide cover and things that way with a AC of 19, She's a pretty good, and again, if she, she's, we've been rolling for HP, and I have been super lucky with that magic D12 that the barbarians get. Mm. At, yeah, level four, at level four, she's sitting at 53 hit points. Hit points. It's crazy. Fantastic. Um, yeah, that's, there's some super luck going on there. Um, so yeah, so she can tank uh, quite well, especially if she does go into rage mode and she's getting hammered on that 53 hit points and 19 AC will last her quite some time. Mm. Um, so she's okay as a tank still uh, without 
you know, a lot of extra armor and whatnot. Um, and if she sits beside our paladin, he's got the defensive fighting style and he's quite good at making sure that those who are attacking her have disadvantage doing so. And at disadvantage, things trying to beat a 19 AC, you know, they, they struggle a lot, mm. even if they've got a good plus six or something to hit me. I'd like to yeah, see so. two like shielded warriors, like just like using their action to protect each other every round and make it really difficult to do anything. Yeah. Well, she'll often, if she isn't raging, she'll use her like help action to give him advantage on his next, uh, hit or she'll take the dodge if she's alone she may just and again not raging she'll just take the dodge action and again impose disadvantage yeah, and and good. just again try to provide cover for the sorcerer who's often cowering behind her yeah it's a tip for people who uh, are perhaps a little bit newer or don't utilize dodge dodge is a very powerful action rather than just standing there and doing nothing if you have no action or, or, or you're not you preparing you have anything. to hit things every exactly. turn. Exactly. With... Like, you don't always need to hit things. I mean, it, it's smart to try and be a little bit on the offense because that's what most character sure. roles do. But if you're not doing anything with your action, you're not readying anything, then consider taking the dodge action instead of just sitting yeah. there. Everything uh, well, has disadvantage. Be tactical. Think about what your, your total party exactly. makeup looks like. Don't let your glass cannons... Uh, be exposed like they need to have some protection mm. um, our monk she's so mobile yeah. she, it's she such doesn't, a great thing she That's doesn't one of need the most to be powerful monk features I think from the key thing is that you can dodge as a bonus action yeah so she's usually pretty good on her own so if you're not she using moves your around bonus action and, dodge and drops massive um, longbow damage uh, and then like I said our paladin and other barbarian form up front lines quite well so so this one, the character I play, she's she's got a much more of a dynamic role. She often shifts back from the back line up to the front. She's in between. Uh, she's like I said, she's running around, patching people up, healing them uh, if they go down, um, and just sort of playing a, a much more versatile sort of dynamic role on the team. Um, and her, her, she's got a little charisma as well. Um, no proficiencies particularly in you know intimidation or persuasion or more um deception deception performance but because she's got a plus one in it i'm quite i'm quite willing to have a go with her and she takes a lot of leadership roles where she does become sort of the talking person at the front she just in terms of role play she's the most articulate of the group um she's I had a lot of practice as a as a surgeon as a frontline doctor sort of somebody negotiating with people she's she's quite she's quite confident um and and she's yeah and she's quite insistent on on doing the right things rescuing people and you know she's she'll be outspoken when it comes to to you know doing the right thing mm. um and not taking any crap from people who who would like the to see the party do ill to others? So she's she's quite a uh, she's quite a good leader for the party in many ways. Even though it, it's you know it really is the, a, a party that that decides on consensus. She doesn't try to like bully the team into doing things. Mm. But, and I think one last thing, unless you have anything else you want to add, I want to touch on is some of the 
class feature variants you've used. Yeah, so she picked up on that as well. So, so I want to talk a little bit about what barbarians get. And yeah, so this is something that's still coming. We're promised mm. it's coming to D and D Beyond hopefully very soon. Um, that we're going to start seeing some of these variants become uh, become available for your character sheet. She, um, a second level, instead of taking danger sense, which gives her the, would have given her the the advantage, advantage on, on dexterity, dexterity um, which still shows up on my character sheet, but we ignore. Um, instead, she got to pick, pick up, up survival instincts. Yeah, so when she gets uh, double proficiency, expertise, if you will, in, uh, she, and she put it in medicine, so we doubled down on that. And you, but a lot of people say you don't do medicine checks. You do if you like if you're constantly calling for them. Well, yeah, any check of, is like that. So if we we go well, and we find dead like bodies, and immediately she's point. like, she's like CSI's the room. Like, what were they killed by, and how long ago? Yeah, I think it's and, it's an important thing to think about because I don't think it's proper to say I'm making a medicine check. No. No, but I think it's like there's, I, I don't even think it's probably to say could I make a medicine check. I think you ask says, a question yeah. that frames it in a manner that well, would encourage. Usually, medicine. what I do is she, like the last time it was there was a couple of um, NPCs who were acting a little bit strange, and I ask if I can give them. Uh, I ask the NPCs if they they'd allow me to examine them, and and I you know go through giving them a medical checkup. And then the DM asks me sort of what I'm looking for. And I've got a hunch at this point that they, because we encountered some hybrid wolf, werewolfy type things earlier. And so I'm like, you know, I'm checking for any sort of bite marks or anything that might, you know, be a tra way different disease might have been transferred to them or things like that. And then sure enough, he's like, yeah, you, you detect the symptoms. I rolled really well because, again, I've got expertise. expertise. Mm. And so, yeah, like I, I rolled over 20 or something on it. And he's like, yeah, you, you're pretty sure that they have developed lycanthropy. You're like, oh, okay. And we fortunately had picked up a cure for that sort of earlier on, so administered some of that. And, and so she does these sort of doctory things all the time. And she actually will use that time when she's patching people up. We use that to do a little role play between the characters. She'll actually ask them how they're doing. And she does her little bedside manner thing and checks kind of in on their, not just health, but their sort of well-being as well. And mm. um, yeah, sort of... Uh, you know, this is her fun ways to take a character that typically would be a yeah rah, rage you know, kill. Pick the biggest like Goliath you can and give him a huge weapon. And Which, nothing wrong with Grog. <laughs> send them into the don't fray. Don't always want to play Grog every time. Um, Where she's she's really not that. Mm. She's quite the opposite. She doesn't she doesn't lose her temper. She doesn't get angry. She she puts her hair up. And yeah, so the survival instincts pretty good i'm not sure um how we're going to play it whether once you start taking class variant things you have to take all of them or whether you can mix and match because i'm not sure it specifically says mix and match yeah because i'm not sure i'd take instinctive pounce at fifth level which she should be getting to soon um i think that once we get back to that um we will stay at the usual sort of fifth level sort of things um what do we get at fifth level for the barbarian sorry i'm just looking this uh, up. fast movement it increases your walking speed by 10 feet oh yeah yeah that's what i want for sure 
So yeah, we get extra attack and fast movement. I think instinctive pounce could be useful if someone is low within 15 feet of you and they're close to dropping. Yeah. And so you move closer to them to be able to well, med Well, it almost makes turn. sense for our other barbarian in the group as he plays a tabaxi. Well, in name only, but... Yeah, well, but he's he's kind of pouncy as it is. Fast move would work better for Maybe. tabaxi, but given their ability to... Their, our, their existing pounce feature, I think, like, you... I think it's automatically easy to see that this is, like, an aggressive move up to attack, but I think this could also be seen as get close to your friend so you can hit them with a med kit or if they you know have dropped to zero hit points maybe that could be an adjustment you make with your dm i mean not saying that you have to do this but an idea could be that oh when a creature ends its turn or is reduced to zero hit points all within 15 feet of you you could use your action to move up to them you know and that movement doesn't provoke opportunity attacks in that way it's very much so encouraging like all right they've dropped to zero hit points use your med kit to bring him back up if you're creating a character like this is what I would immediately sort of start thinking of. Yeah, I mean, the best part of Instinctive Pounce is it allows you to break free without having to disengage. I like, Um, I think I like that it lets you close the distance to a creature as well. I think that's very powerful. Yeah. It uh, reminds me of the orc aggressive feature uh, that they get as a part of their race, but a little bit better, I feel. Yeah, and I look forward to the extra attack as well. So it's, you know, two tries to... Hit some hit a creature yeah, and, and give and, everyone disadvantage and, and impose that upon it. On everyone. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's it's an interesting campaign as we've been dishing out actual XP every time, every session, and so it's been you know kind of slow building, and especially given all the breaks that have had to happen because of various lockdowns and whatnot. Um, however, the game is going online. Um, it's going online tonight, hence why I've sort of brought this character up today because i sort of thought you know we haven't really talked about her and to be honest i haven't even looked at her for weeks now so it's it's really nice to it's nice to dust off the doctor and get her back into action i'm looking forward to to playing that um so yeah mm-hmm. there's a there's a barbarian who's not really a barbarian she's an unbarian an unbarbarian uh, a dexbarian yeah, Addicts. I sort of always thought of it just as the unbarbarian, mm, like an undead, yeah. un- <laughs> unbarbarian, sort of the opposite, but not. She's got a, uses a lot of its features. And um, I think that's really clever. I think that's why it's one of my favorite characters of yours. It's because of how much it flips the idea of barbarian on its head. You know, like yeah. it's a complete one eighty from barbarian, but still uses all of barbarian's rules to create a cohesive character. Well, I, I think when you look at Ancestral, when I looked at Ancestral Guardians, it was sort of like, it was sort of, it just seemed like a very strange path anyways. Like, I don't know how many people choose it. What It, it doesn't seem a super popular one um, because of the nature of it, because of how it passes on your, you know, you know, those disadvantages to attack and the, the damage thing. And it made sense to me then. I'm like, well, what if you did that as a range thing? And most of the time, nobody would ever build a barbarian that can range attack. Um, but then if you do, you get crazy AC benefits out of it. So yeah, there's some good ways to build Ranger into a more uh, complex character. Mm. Yeah, I, I actually quite like the Ancestral Guardians just sort of reading them. I'm almost thinking like we talked about Klaus uh, in our 
spirit yeah, like, subclasses from the umbrella academy. academy. I think this could be a pretty cool Klaus subclass. Yeah. Even have somebody who can see and talk to yeah. the un, to to ghosts. I mean, yeah. it doesn't really have a speak with dead feature to it, but other than that, I mean, it's like. So for my doctor, she doesn't see them so much as ghosts as it becomes like, like she comes from a very long line of yeah, doctors. Yeah, it's like calling wisdom. And so this idea. is, yeah, it's almost like that this wisdom is sort of stuff that's been passed down to her. And as she sort of gets more and more practice, she is sort of unlocking more and more the wisdom of the ancestral uh, sort of people who have come before. So when she hits people like that with her weapon, it's not like they've got a swirling ghost around them all the time. We sort of play it as she's, she's so good at medically knowing the spot on a creature to hit that when she hits them with an attack like that, that it, it has such piercing, stinging, burning pain that, that they can only focus on her and where that shot came from. And it sort of makes it harder for them to, to do damage or hurt people nearby. Mm. So that's sort of the thinking, but yeah, trying to go all, away from that's the all, magic. That's idea. just flavor. Yeah. That's I just. I mean, eventually flavor. you're gonna have to confront the augury or clairvoyant spell, which you learn. But if yeah, you maybe get to tenth level. That's a long ways off. Still, um, we'll see if the game goes that far. But yeah, I suppose if you do, it could turn to a point like maybe your exposure to the Fae has brought you closer to these spirits. Yeah, we're like yeah, we're not really exactly on the Fae wild. It's sort of another like weird dreamy cloud mirror world thingy. Mirror but dimension. yeah, it's got Fae like creatures in it. But yeah, uh, yeah, she's she may end up having a bit of magic y sort of touch to her later on. But um, but we're, again, we're we, going into it. The idea was like this anti magic. Yeah, that there was, she was a healer that didn't use magic hmm. and that even her powers and other ragey abilities weren't really magically powered but were more you know explainable in sort of mundane terms mm. yeah I, I looking at it i actually quite like the ancestral guardian subclass it's quite cool i also do want to look at the battle rager someday because i've never made a battle rager yeah uh, barbarians are ones that uh, i mean they're a class that i don't play all that often which is also i think why the idea of making her and even though I knew there was another barbarian on the team, um, that I kind of thought it was going to be a fun way to go. Uh, I wouldn't normally advise people either to make another version. Like if they if you've got one of something like a barbarian on a in a party, tend not to say we'll put another one in there. But um, some classes I'd say it's okay to have more of. You know, a couple clerics doesn't hurt because um, they can often be so different. But barbarians often aren't. And if you are, if you're going to make another character, make them different. Make them very different in your party. Uh, chalk and cheese. Mm. What? It's chalk and what? Chalk and cheese. What does that mean? It means that they're completely different. Well, that's a great lesson for this episode. A shorter episode, admittedly, this yeah. week. We just wanted uh, to give a little character showcase. We may put up a, a shared version yeah, well, but, well, maybe we'll try and put out the background stuff. I'll, I'll and, do a write up on this one and show you know, her, and show like you how to build her personal stuff. Keep out of it, like spoilers for your campaign and things like that. Keep yeah. that out, but well, but we'll put up a, but we'll put up a, a build of this one so you can have a look at uh, how you go about building a really cool Dex Barbarian. And I think that's all we have to touch on this week. And yeah, we'll be back next week with a more in depth look at whatever we may look something at something from the realms of D&D. &D. All right, bye-bye everybody. Bye.